Welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your unofficial guide to navigating the airwaves. I'm Miles. And I'm Mars. This is a podcast where each and every week we rediscover what makes music so special. Hey, so uh, welcome hey. everyone to the show. How you feeling? And, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling way better. People uh, want you, you want You want an update? You want an update on my situation? Yeah. After people had to, you know, sort of... Uh, suffer a week without me no choke through my 13 minute um awkward podcast (laughs) hey it was good and it introduced me to hades town which is a really good album it's a good thing because um now i can just send that episode to people the like maybe three dozen friends i've told to listen to hades town and go oh yeah sure i'll do that and then don't because we're (laughs) all liars (laughs) um I'm I'm doing good. Yeah, last week I was I was definitely in the shit because um, I'm I'm on this new medication to help with my depression and it wasn't quite working yet, but it's really kicked in now. Um, so I I feel good and mm-hmm. uh, I'm ready to to get back into the music zone. Get back on the saddle, ride at my pony. Oh wait, you haven't listened to that song. Oh damn it! No, you keep you keep referencing it. Actually, I keep, I keep referencing Genuine's pony because whenever I go to Foster and Nathan's house, I just fucking kick down the door and then Foster puts on the Bluetooth speaker and it's just like, if you want it, let's do it. Run it, my pony. And it's a lot. When are you going to bring that song to the show? Well, the thing is about this podcast, Mars, it's about favorite songs. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily describe Genuine's Pony as a favorite or maybe even a top 100 of mine. I mean, I brought Nightmare on My Street, and that's Which one is of your my favorite least song. favorite songs of all time. It's in my top three least favorite songs. What's the other two? Uh, the other two are We Built the City on Rock and Roll. And closing time. Hey, what's closing time? Closing time. Open up door. That's that's the exact. That is the exact tone that he has throughout the entire song. I'm hyperventilating. <laughs> he sings closing time. The song is by the band Semisonic. I've never um, heard this song before. And it's bad. This is my It used pony. to play all the time um, when, because I used to work in this big grocery chain that's that's over here. It would This song would always play like near the end of the day when it was closing. <laughs> that's awful. Except, no. except sometimes it would just play in the middle of the day also. And, and your brain had that response like you fucking jutted out of your disassociation from restacking the corn or whatever the fuck and then you yeah, know, exactly oh i can go home now it's like no mars it's 2 p.m <laughs> exactly. it's a real american I, horror story right and there. also the song is just unbearably awful okay when you sang it it sort of sounded like a blink 182 <laughs> song yeah no like, like where are so- you <laughs> Semi-Sonic, this is the only song of theirs that I know, and it's also, I think, the only song of theirs that anyone knows, Mm -hmm. Um, but they are definitely, they are definitely a Blink-182 rip-off band. Mm -hmm. Just like Uh, Panic at the Disco. They came out, this song um, came out in, like, 98, uh, so it's around that time. Okay, yeah, that's like the the golden, like, the 92 to, like, 2001 (laughs) just that band it's just all ska and garage punk 
Yeah, yeah. Skunk. Hey. <laughs> hey, Miles. Hi, Miles. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's the theme for this week? Uh, the theme for this week, uh, I was tossing up a few, uh, and we decided on this one, is political songs uh, in a broad sort of definition. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, like, protest anthems. We're talking just general dissent in mu- in, in songs. Political general, dissent. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought it would be a good thing to bring because you have been bringing up um, in the last, I don't know, couple uh, podcasties. Um, of people going in and registering to vote and voting on the day. Right, right. Um, I mean, that definitely stopped well, after November 6th. I was about to say. November 6th, <laughs> when uh, when voting happened here. When voting happened here. Um, there. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was just thinking, oh, it would be good to maybe uh, bring a political song um, and maybe elaborate more on that. I know it's like, you know, been donezo, but like, it's still good uh, to talk about politics and sort of... Um, is it Thanksgiving this week? No. Is it Thanksgiving it is, this week? It is, it is Thanksgiving this week. Yeah, and, okay, so question uh, one, is Thanksgiving this week? <laughs> question yes. two, why did you fucking text me earlier to ask what I call a capsicum? Um, because I saw a post online about Australians calling bell peppers capsicums. Because they're called capsicums, not bell peppers. They're not fucking chilies. They are part of the pepper family. Okay, but so are, like, so many other things, like... Fucking cauliflowers and mustard are part of the same family, but you don't call it custard. No, but also let's let's go down the list of things that re- bell peppers and regular peppers have in common. Mm-hmm. Okay, fucking everything. <laughs> That's true. That's valid. <laughs> because they're peppers. Well, they're just not very. They're just not very spicy. Well, so you still want to tell me what vegetable you are? They are even are called capsicums because. Because of capsaicin, you motherfuck. It's capsaicin. That's what I said. You didn't. Miles, it's 11 minutes into this recording. What's your first song? Um, my, <laughs> my political song. Or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I call, yeah it's, it's a political song. Uh, that's sort of the. I, I'd hope it is, considering that's um, the only. No, I was I was trying to have. find like if it was like a resistance anthem or like a. Oh, anyway. sure, sure, sure. Um, I feel like broadly political is good, and the song is "Palante" by Hooray for the Riff Raff. I mean, I love that name. Yeah. Uh, so my song for this week is a political song, yes, <clears throat> and it is also a resistance song. I think. Uh, so the front woman for Hooray for the Riff Raff, Alinda Segarra, uh, spent a lot of her childhood uh, hopping trains in search for America, which is very fun. Uh, it's she's... very, it's very like romanticized immigration. It really you is. You know? Because uh, she's from Puerto Rico. Um, and mm-hmm. I think she grew up there. And so uh, this song is, I think, the most popular song off of their sixth album, The Navigator, which is my favorite album from theirs. And... Palante means be something and is sort of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps motto of the US. <laughs> like, you sure. know, uh, moving forward and being something, which I think is interesting. Which, by the by, quick aside, what the f- fuck? Like, when when you hear the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I know it's like an expression. It's not meant to be taken literally. But what the fuck are you imagining? Oh, it's a stupid image. I, I believe it started as a joke, correct? And then people sort of corrupted it to be literal. Yeah, maybe. 
Because I'm just imagining someone grabbing their boots, bootstraps and then pulling themselves flying into the air. Yeah, I'm imagining. I'm imagining sort of like a like a, a squatting on the ground sort of position, and you're sort of hopping around like a frog. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's also very good. That's <laughs> <It's> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> this is also Sigara's uh, ode to the working class Puerto Rican community she grew up in, uh, inside mm-hmm. the Bronx. Oh, which I think is wonderful. Uh, so, yeah. Without further ado, let's give the song a little listen. Well, lately, it's been mighty hard to see. Just searching for my lost humanity. I look for you, my friend, but do you look for me? Hispanic, Latinx people, um, amazing, by the way. Yeah. I was trying to make, like, some, I was trying to find some way to say you're stroking your own ego a little bit there, but then I couldn't find it. Hey, look, I'm just proud of my Cuban heritage, and I love, I love my people. And you should. So, yeah. Palante uh, came out, or well, this music video at least came out, uh, after the hurricane hit Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for people listening to this, I recommend watching the official video clip on the Hooray for the Riff Raff channel, um, because mm-hmm. they employed all uh, Puerto Rican citizens to film in it and star in it, um, and they went around filming destroyed fields and people rebuilding houses. Um, and it's, it is really incredible to witness. Alinda Segarra, the front woman, uh, is very, very proudly Puerto Rican, and she thought it was very, very important to keep this uh, in the music video. Yeah, it's 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 incredibly, incredibly important, and like shit, like even now, even still now, Puerto yeah. Rico is still rebuilding, still struggling. They went like what, like over a year without power. Yeah, considering it's twenty seventeen, we're almost to twenty nineteen, um, and shit is still destroyed. And yeah, by the way, like, you know, among among all of the other um, wonderful charities worth donating to, um, Puerto Rican Relief Funds still need your help. Yeah. Uh, if, if you can if you can spare the cash. Because there were an estimated almost 5,000 people dead after the Hurricane Maria hit. Yeah. And homes continue to collapse uh, without people living in them too. Rebuild, and I think that this music video really shows that because while some a lot of it isn't explicitly about uh, Hurricane Maria, a lot of it is showing people who have to work more jobs, people who work on construction sites because like they need to help their community because no one else is doing it. Um, yeah, and it's really sad, but um, this meta like this song is such a huge metaphor for Puerto Rico's entire history with the U.S. And with Spanish um, colonization and stuff. I mean, yeah, there's 
uh, I mean, the song very, very directly talks about colonialism, um, especially in the first half. Yeah. I, I really enjoy how she contrasts this pull yourself up by your bootstraps, be something uh, from the first mm-hmm. half of the song to Palante, which is just continue forward. There shouldn't be a set goal for you to get towards. You should just take yeah. your time and do as much as you can, which I think is a really beautiful thing to say because a lot of people that immigrate to the US, for example, um, you are sort of forced to do so much for so yeah. little. Yeah. So little. Uh, people who people who immigrate to this country, like they have to work way harder than mm. like like the shit that we put immigrants through more and more even now is is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It's it's absolutely disgusting. It is human exploitation. I, it it is it absolutely terrible. is. Like that's that's something that and and you know it's something that I'll I'll talk about when when we get to my song too. But um, yeah, um, U.S. politics. Ooh, we yeah. love exploitation. Apparently, mm-hmm. I mean even like the wage gap and stuff. Like uh, yeah, people, well, people yeah. always talk and, about um, the female to male uh, wage gap, which is pretty big. It's like what, um, mm-hmm. seventy-two to one hundred or something like that. Uh, and then yeah, the like African American uh, pay grade is like maybe in the sixty cents, and then Hispanic mm-hmm. is down in like the forty to fifty cent, half yeah. as much as a white dude. Um, yeah, which sucks because of uh, especially like being Australian, we don't have as many. I don't think like Hispanic people here. We have more like Asian and uh, African people over here, um, mm-hmm. and obviously white people. Hadoi, um, but. Pretty much, like, the biggest exposure I ever had to uh, Hispanic people was in TV shows just being stereotypical, insert every, like, worker here. Like, they're a maid, they're a fucking gardener, they're everything. Isn't it funny that they have to work five jobs to support their children? Haha, everybody. It's like, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Cool thing that you're doing. Yeah, like, immigrants are the, like fucking foundation to this country and they are what to america and they are what like keeps our people fed and Mm -hmm. keeps our infrastructure going and like we treat them like shit we want them dead like it like it makes me so fucking mad it makes me so fucking mad makes me so angry like immigrants literally like literally physically emotionally culturally in every way built america (laughs) yeah that's not even an overestimation or anything like even no literally half this country belonged to mexico until we stole it yeah cool everybody (laughs) yeah and it's like well you see guys we we named one of the states new mexico so it's all right and it's like well all right no it isn't interesting Um, it really is just terrible. It is just awful. Yeah. Also, um, for people who are curious and really liked the sound of this song, Hooray for the Riff Raff, is one of the most incredible bands. They do a lot of um, Americana and stuff. Also, it's a band made out of a bi woman and a trans guy. It's pretty cool. Um, Hell yeah. 
uh, I didn't know that, and then I was like, oh, this dude on the fiddle looks trans, and then I googled it, and I was like, yeah, sure I am, bitch. And I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> um, so definitely listen to them. They have a lot of protest albums um, and anthems. Uh, but some of the more hard-hitting uh, parts of this song is definitely in the first half of the song, the colonized, dehumanized be something. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because, obviously, America, after invading Puerto Rico uh, and taking it, um, have this history of eugenics with mm-hmm. Puerto Rican people. So when Spain ceded sovereignty uh, of Puerto Rico to the United States in the late 1800s, uh, 1898, uh, the eugenic movement and its initiative of forced sterilization began to fully sweep through the United States. When people look at World War II and they demonize the Axis powers for the use of eugenics, rightfully so, they often do it to shift the blame from our own Western uh, eugenics that was happening at the same time. We committed. So we have war crimes. The whole, the whole American history, really, mm-hmm. is committing war crimes against our own goddamn people. America is committing war crimes until one day they lose, and then people are like, oh, you did war crimes. Because when you win, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Pretty cool, everybody. Uh, I'm very passionate about this as well. Like, this is something that I've studied for my uh, all, my whole academic career, essentially, <laughs> is studying mm-hmm. uh, historical uh, fascism and shit. Um, so there was this whole uh, xenophobic Darwinist idea in the sort of spiritualist circles that um, you needed to be selective with uh, the people who could reproduce so you didn't... Um, uh, promote degeneracy in breeding stock, which is how they referred to it. So they offered free, mm-hmm. um, what is it, uh, sterilizations um, free for poor factory workers. They also did this to anyone of an ethnic or racial minority, as well as anyone that was mentally ill or prostitutes. Uh, and this was law 116 in Puerto Rico, backed by the U.S. sugar companies, which officially made sterilization free for them um, and provided no other possibilities of birth control. Uh, and then by 1968, approximately one third of Puerto Rican women had been sterilized, uh, which is fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredibly fucked. And like, this is shit that like doesn't appear in U.S. history books. Nope. People don't want to talk about it. The fact that we put uh, Asian Americans into camps is yeah. also not in history books, really. Uh, oh yeah, the or, fact that they or... did that and there are still people alive that were in the camps. Like, yeah, George Takei were, in, were the in the fucking camps. Yeah, uh, and, you know, the whole fact, like, during World War II, after it was over, when uh, soldiers of color came back, they were still demonized, mm-hmm. despite, you know, defending the fucking country with their life. Yep. It, it sucks because, um, so I did a class called Queering Japan, and a lot of it was actually not really specifically queer, but it was a lot to do with Japan and um, nationalism and Korean War, mm-hmm. and uh, I found it endlessly interesting because of that. But one of the saddest things was because of the U.S. occupation in Japan during World War II, um, in some of the islands, because uh, Japan has a lot of different islands on it, um, but there was full um, U.S. occupation, so they don't have a military force anymore, they have a U.S. occupation. Right. They there were soldiers of color there. There were African soldiers. There were Indian soldiers. There were you know just people, because uh, in World War Two they were finally allowed to you know be soldiers. Uh, um, not great, everybody. Uh. 
Yeah, not not great. Um, now everyone can murder, thank God. Now everyone can give their life for a cause they don't fully understand. Yeah, or be forcibly drafted into. Cool, cool means mm-hmm, everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the only good thing that came about from that is the fucking second wave of feminism. Anyway, um, so yeah. due to the people of color occupying Japan, now there is still 60 years later, or 70 years later actually at this point, um, this hangover uh, of demonizing people of color in Japan, uh, which is like obviously seen through like a lot of nationalism and stuff. There's a lot of colorism in Japan. Yeah, whiteness is very idealized, uh, and it was so terrible, especially black people. Um, Japan is very terrible <laughs> towards black people. Um, yeah, yeah, and and like that stuff, like that stuff still carries over like into into stuff today, like over generations. Uh, yeah, like at, like this is kind of a semi-random example of it but like it's something that you see in like nintendo games yeah right which like you think nintendo you think oh that's like the purest Mm. form of of whatever and like you know they they try but like it took until like maybe a couple in terms of like yeah it took until like a couple of years ago for black people to be at all represented in any Nintendo game, pretty much. There's this fantastic video, I can't remember what it was called or who it was by, but I'll find it and I'll post it on the Twitter when this episode goes out, uh, because it was this girl talking about um, all of the representation throughout the timeline of Nintendo of uh, black women, and it was mm-hmm. so interesting. Uh, I will definitely link that. This is a very... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw that video. It, it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of it as well, mm-hmm. um, so definitely share it, because it's definitely worth watching. And, and also, people should should, like recognize that like Mars and I both uh, Mars especially love Nintendo but we need to acknowledge yeah no shit. like I I fucking love Nintendo I love their games and characters but like the fact that it took until like the fifth generation of Pokemon yeah. for any black people to be at all in there and until the sixth to let you play as somebody with darker skin not even not even black like just Just kind of darker skin just tanner yeah yeah and like when the nes was put into market it was put in the boys toys section Mm -hmm. you know like even though for like a very long period in video game history it was more like maybe a 60 40 split going to women who played video games and throughout history of being beaten into submission it's gotten less and to tie it back into the song, right? Like, there's so many things like that going on, like, that, like, are deliberately targeted, or, or or not even, like, deliberately targeted. It's just that, like, at some point, people w- made a decision based off of racism or sexism or mm-hmm. transphobia or whatever, and that decision will stick around and influence people long after i mean that's how people make stereotypes it's easy not to think about the reasons why that things are the way that they are yeah it took until fucking animal crossing pocket camp to let you uh, well happy home designer to actually let you choose the color of your skin it was all white before that it's so fucking wild even looking at listen i know anime god but like the colorism in that especially Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I have one last sort of point of, like, something that, that really hit me hard uh, in Palante, uh, which is the interlude drawn from uh, Pedro Pietri's poem Puerto Rican Obituary, which was first read mm-hmm. in 1969. Nice. 
the same year that the Young Lords <laughs> of New York City adopted Volante as their motto. Um, so sure. I'll just read that. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> the verse is... Dead Puerto Ricans who never knew they were Puerto Ricans, who never took a coffee break from the Ten Commandments to kill, kill, kill the landlords of their cracked skulls and communicate with their Latin souls. Juan, Miguel, Milagro, Olga, Manuel, from the nervous breakdown street where the mice live like billionaires and the people do not live at all. Yeah, I mean that's fucking powerful and uh, like wow. Yeah, and and then her um final sort of like change, her shift in the song, uh, where she's more genuine and she says from El Barrio to Valesibo Palante, and she keeps going through mm-hmm. um all these great little monuments of Puerto Rico. But yeah, um, when I first heard this song, it was so um I don't know, just powerful to me. Like it, it is something that like I haven't been familiar with obviously because I'm not Puerto Rican. But it is something so beautifully sung and so forthcoming and forthright and honest and heartbreaking. Yeah. How she talks about it. Um and she's so proud of herself and so proud of her family and her heritage and so upset about Hurricane Maria and just everything that's happened to Puerto Rico. Um and yeah, it, it really hits me hard every time I listen to it. Every time that interlude hits, I, I get really emotional. I get choked up. Yeah, it's 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 really fucking it's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. This whole song is really fucking good. I, I really I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like I don't know. I always I always love finding new uh Latinx artists mm-hmm. and uh uh hooray for the riffraff is such a good fucking name yeah also it's fantastic because it's one of the only bands that i like that my mum also likes (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah and uh like i said before she's queer um and she she actually does some really fantastic uh women loving women songs so love it hell yeah get y'all's americana music so mars so miles what's your song um so my song for for this week my my uh political song mm-hmm. is a uh, is a very recent release it is kitty kitty by destat okay uh so i i kind of went back and forth on whether to bring this song or their other recently released single for their new album uh the album is called bubblegum the song is called i'm out of your mind and i really want to talk about both but i mainly want to with I'm out of your mind. I mainly want to talk about how like clever the the name is because it's a song about feeling disenfranchised, ignored, and angry by a power system that um, benefits from you living in poverty and ruin. Okay. Um, and then getting told it's your fault. So it it I mean it's a great song, but uh, I I feel like I have a, maybe a little bit more to say about Kitty Kitty, which uh, due to the length of of this one maybe isn't great, but. Uh, that's fine. Let's uh It'll be let's, good after let's the give this song. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to Kitty Kitty by the Stock. It's a 
surprise, it's another song about American politics, because shit's fucked, y'all. Yeah, well, I feel like if I bought something that was Australian, then people would be like, we don't give a shit. Hey, a, a lot of our audience is in Australia. It wouldn't have been that weird. All of the songs sung about Australian politics are comedy songs. That should say something. That's how we deal with it. Um, so, okay. So. This song is, it's pretty blatantly about the current uh, slug in in office uh, in America right now. That real um, slugger. I mean, he ain't a slugger. <laughs> I'll say that much. He's never he ain't done a, a slugger. No. Nah. Which, I mean, it's sort of interesting considering that, that Destat is uh, a band from the Netherlands and they're talking about U.S. politics. Yeah, it's, But it's, at the same yeah. time... Yeah, go, go ahead. No, it, I was just going to say it didn't sound like an American band. Yeah, yeah, and also their name is De Stott, mm-hmm. That's what I mean. which is which is Dutch for the state. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, De Stott has always kind of been a, a, a politically driven band, um, especially on their on the album before um, their most recent album, uh, Icon. Uh, cause their most recent album, O, is more of, uh, about, like, relationships and, and commitment and, and personal identity. Sure. So obviously, like, this song is a, it's a diss track towards the current U.S. president, but it's also a diss track towards U.S. politics in general, mm-hmm. and, how our political system and and our politicians exploit people and how they benefit from pitting pitting us against each other. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, um, like like the video clip for people who haven't seen it mm-hmm. is very um, yeah. Like I I was watching it and also sort of thinking, like, is this uh kind of supporting a more centrist political um stance or is it uh just sort of yeah I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, I, I I totally get that um, because I, I I definitely thought that too initially um, because the the general framework of the video is it's the lead vocalist Tor Florum uh, playing a sort of political figure standing with multiple clones of himself and the rest of his bandmates in two big groups, color coded red and blue, and you can kind of see the comparison. Mm-hmm. And it, the video, I think, I think it's, it's mainly just using that red and blue iconography to like, uh, just to Distinguish. make the song sort of like instantly recognizable as a political song, especially a U.S. political song. Specifically U.S. political, um, yeah. Yeah, because again, like one thing to keep in mind is that this video, uh, is the intended audience is people in the Netherlands, not people here yeah. in America. There are sort of two interpretations, I guess, of the video, but I feel like the lyrics more support my interpretation, and the two interpretations are like, you know, it's either about how both sides suck equally, mm. and, like, every it's all, like, they're both the same, yeah, which is wrong and bad, or the interpretation is, you know... Like, politicians are skeezy as shit and just, like, and use the people to, uh, they pit the people against each other to make themselves seem more, like, righteous. Mm. And that's, that's the interpretation I 
lean towards because the I, I the lyrics and their other songs I really don't feel I aren't really supporting the idea that they're centrists. Um because like on Icon they have a song about um refugee struggles. Mm. They have a song basically uh satirizing pseudoscientific medicine and uh and like i said earlier their their most recent single that they just released um you know instead of being from the perspective of a politician it's from the perspective of the people that politicians are sort of stamping on i feel like that's good context for this because without that i would still heavily lean on the centrist theory without the context yeah absolutely and Maybe they just, like, didn't do the direction correctly um, for that particular message that they were trying to find. But I think that the song, like, divorced of the music video is mm-hmm. very good and very poignant. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of context to keep in mind for, for the video, even though I think the video is, is very good. I think it's also a little confusing. This song, um, I mean, it really uses uh, the, the U.S., the current U.S. president as as like the primary example to make its point really mm-hmm. because like what got him elected alongside um Russian espionage of course mm. um what got him elected was like this they manipulated people they manipulated working yeah they class manipulated people. working class people they man- like they leaned into people's um, mm-hmm. xenophobia mm-hmm. uh from an outside perspective i feel like that's how they always get republican people is that it's literally just taking advantage of lower class people who have been raised on shitty beliefs and no one ever felt the need to be like, hey, don't be racist. And so yeah, kept yeah. Uh, so I guess the, the last thing that I, I want to talk about, we already talked about the video, but I want to talk about it uh, a little more on a lighter, in a, in a bit of a lighter way. Um, uh, Destat always has really, really cool videos um, mm-hmm. the way that they tend to make videos is by pushing, like, a singular technique or idea. Yeah, I was noticing that, like, it's very, um, hypnotic. Because the people who haven't seen the video, um, it's sort of, like, mirror images to the beat. Yeah. Like, sort of close zoom-ins of people's faces. Also very expressive. Um, with, like, the lighting changing from, like, blue to red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and mirroring the image, and, and it's very effective. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, the central idea of this this video is hey don't people's faces look kind of unsettling when you do a digital zoom on them with a fisheye's lens and slow motion uh especially if that face belongs to lead singer tor florum who has a very unsettling face sometimes he kind of looks like a serial killer a little bit i mean he loves (laughs) tor florum has this fantastic theatricality to him that i love he always loves playing like villains and and like creepy folks in his videos. But like, if it's because it's more fun. But like, they have like other videos of them doing like live radio performances and live shows and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like no, he's like a big goofy idiot in, in in reality. But when he steps into character, he is a spooky dude. I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, like he, uh, 
for some reason in my notes, I noted that he has um, big dick energy. Hmm. Uh, so I'm throwing that to the floor now. Okay, it's on the ground. I'll step on Good it. Go for it. Um, yeah, my last thoughts on the song, aside from the uh, politicalness of it, I really enjoyed the production of it. Um, I really liked the little intro bit that they did. Uh, it's my favorite sort of, um, like, alt, um, any sort of alt electro song. Mm-hmm. Um, is that sort of, like, really interesting, dirty, creepy synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, If I yeah. would describe it. Um, very, like, if people haven't heard it before, I recommend the song, um, Acid Rain by Lorne. Mm-hmm. Uh, has the very, uh, famous video clip of, like, the cheerleaders dancing in slow motion. I really can't describe it. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Um, it, it was so interesting to listen to. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really love Destat and, um, like they're, they're legit one of my favorite bands, um, which is, is fun because I don't usually listen to like rock, alt rock music. Mm. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I they're one of my favorite bands, and I think they always do really fun, interesting things with their production. I think I think they're 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 a good time. All right, Mars. All right, um, cool. So Mars, let's take it to the break. Let's take. That's it how I say it now. To the break. I say let's it like normal. I say it normal, but you, it's let, fine. Let me guide you through in the catacombs. We're <laughs> hold on. What. The I'm break sorry. is in the catacombs. Did I not say okay. that? Okay. All right. That's mm. it's good to know. I didn't I didn't really dress for catacomb weather. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Yeah, is it still the same show, or is this a different show? Um, well, that that's up to you, isn't it? Welcome to. I meant because my you have brother, a my brother, and me, an advice <laughs> show for the modern era. I'm well, your, hey. I'm your youngest idiot, <laughs> Miles Lazarus. I am the youngest. I'm two. I'm like two or three months younger than you. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, Miles. What the fuck do you want? What's a good way to transition into your segment? Um, let's think, um, okay, uh, carry the two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Add that, that good old joke, bake for, that, that good bake, old joke, <laughs> bake for 30 on 350, okay, okay. yeah, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's until the Twitter end, who tweeted that? Hell yes, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, I like researching this one, it's very hard to find funny musician tweets, but like, I sometimes just have to go onto people's Twitter pages and just go like, what's the most popular <laughs> one, it's probably something stupid, because sure. sure. all musicians are fucking insane. <laughs> It's true. Like that fucking John Mulaney special, like the, the whatever the latest one is, um, and mm-hmm. talking about um, Mick Jagger, you, I think it was. It and is how Mick he, Jagger. Yeah. And he's just as crazy as you think he is, and I believe that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's uh, until the, so it's until the Twitter end. Okay. So, tweet number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and please listen carefully. If you make me repeat myself, I'm going to hang up. Okay. A misconception Could you is... repeat that first word? Okay, okay, let me just hang up on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, he actually hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
A misconception is that the Macarena must be done to music. Leading industry experts, aka macros, prefer to do the Macarena in complete silence. Hold, 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 hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm sorry. What? Say, what do you want? Say, did you say Mac experts? Mac pros. Mac pros. No. What? <laughs> that IP isn't taken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, who calls themselves that? Oh, no one. Also, this is a joke. Uh huh. So, no, no, no. It... I interpret okay. everything as being deathly serious. Okay. So, is it A, Mitski, B, mm-hmm. Pink, or C, Sarah Burrell? I can't say Burrellis. Why'd you pick her if you don't know how to pronounce I've her name? I've never pronounced her name before, <laughs> I've only ever mm-hmm. read it. Okay. She she did the love song song. I like that one. She gay. She's gay. It's a little tricky because um, uh, despite really liking every Mitski song that I've heard so far, um, I have not actually like sat down and listened to her music intentionally. Mm, sounds like Boston so, talk. So I don't fully know her personality well enough to know if this is something she would tweet. Okay. Or if you're just putting her name in there because it's a name that I recognize. Who knows? What's your answer? I'm going to say pink. It's not, fine? but I'm going to say pink. It's not your final answer. You're just going to say pink. It was indeed Mitski. No, it was pink. Okay. What? I'm looking at her Twitter page right now and, it, and it's pink. Number two. Does anyone? Why can't I say words? Why can't I say words, Miles? Why can't I say words without you like being you are so in disappointed? Such in an me? Aries mood. What is up? It's so chaotic. It's Your Aries astrology mood. bullshit just runs over me like 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 because it means nothing to me. Number two. This one's fun. I hope you like this. Does anyone think global warming is a good thing? I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> I think she's a really interesting artist. Well, hold on. Yeah, that was one tweet. Now, hold on. Okay, let's let's dissect this tweet before I try and get before you tell me (laughs) before you even tell me like what the options are. Mm -hmm. What I know. (laughs) What? Who? Where? When? Hi. Okay. Let's let's start. Let's start with the first part. I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does anyone think global warming is a good thing? I mean. Other than like business tycoons, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Probably not anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay. just just business tycoons. Okay, okay what are my options? Statement number two. Okay, <laughs> you're not going to question. I love Lady Gaga. Okay. No, who doesn't love Lady Gaga? It's very true. Okay, is it A. Hillary? Duff? I'm going to end all of my tweets with I love Lady Gaga. I love Lady. Gaga. <laughs> I love Lady Gaga. Okay. Is it A, Hillary Duff, B, Britney Spears, or C, Kesha? Well, I don't... I'm going to say it's not Kesha because I, I know that she's, like, got, like, a pretty serious, like, degree in some sort of scientific field, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, can't remember what, but I'm pretty sure that it's not her. The other options were Britney Spears and Hillary Duff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say it's Hillary Duff because I have not, I did not even realize that she was still had a, a presence, and I she- feel like this is something that people yell into the void. All right, <clears throat> it was Britney Spears. She's a weird one. 
She is, for sure. But I think that answering Hillary Duff is very valid, because she died in 2008 <laughs> fully. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> she, what? She, she didn't, but, like, she hasn't been relevant oh. since 2008, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, no, I thought you said that she, I thought you meant that she actually literally died. And no, I that's why I rephrased surprised. it. Okay, so, a number three. I think this one's a pretty famous one, so you might automatically get this. I'm not sure. Okay, is it Jaden Smith? Let me fucking say it, you big d- egg. D- d- is the answer Jaden Smith, though? Why is Rhode Island Nora Road or an island? <laughs> Was that A, Pitbull, B, Justin Bieber, or C, Jaden Smith? Well, now I feel like I have to say Jaden Smith. You don't have to say Jaden Smith. Now I feel like I have to say Jaden Smith. Okay. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Bien, bien. It's Justin Bieber. He's a dumbass. <laughs> No, he is a dumbass. Absolutely. It does not, it, it, it absolutely does not sound like something that Jane Smith would say. Mm-hmm. However, I was stuck in the bit, and you have to understand that's, that. That's very fit. Okay, I have a surprise number four, because I was having fun. Cool. Hey, isn't it weird that, that Jane Smith and Tyler, the creator, are dating? There's like a seven-year age gap. It's are weird. they actually? Apparently. What? Okay, pause the podcast. I'm Googling this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wait, wait, wait. I'm on um, CNN Entertainment. <laughs> this is really funny. Okay. Tyler doesn't want to say, but Tyler's my motherfucking boyfriend. Smith said in a not suitable for work video that has gone viral. <laughs> and he's been my motherfucking boyfriend my whole fucking life. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so gonna, okay. okay, who knows if it's really who know, who knows if it's, if it's like actually actually true? It sounded like half a joke, half real. I don't know. It's I, I don't know. I can't tell, but it's weird nonetheless. Anyway, God, remember when Jane Smith did that fucking awesome anime? Love that uh, shit. Yeah, I never saw it, but yeah, I'm so good. I've seen it twice. Okay, number four, surprise, hell yeah. I love this one. This one's my favorite. Next time you want to rub-a-dub-dub, just remember that there's three men in your tub. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think I've seen this one. I can't remember who did it, though. Was it A, Lemon Demon, B, Ninja Sex Party, or C, Flight of the Concords? I'm going to say it was Lemon Demon, because I don't think I would have seen a tweet by either of the other two. That's fair. Is that your final answer? Um, yeah. Also, does Lemon Demon have a separate Twitter account? I th- feel like it's just Neil. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's just Neil. But I was like, okay. well, it has to be, nah, I'm just gonna write the bands down. Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. It, they're one and the same. Oh my god, it's like, um, what is it? Hannah Montana? That's it. <laughs> you get the limo out from Ooh, uh, Sing along with me, Barford. I don't know the song. What the fuck? Watch Hannah Montana with me. I did when I was a kid, but I don't remember it vividly. I remember there it was like at a beach mostly, like a beach town. Yeah. Hey, before, sorry, before we move on. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have Saddle Club in America? I don't know, because we never really had um, cable. So like, <sighs> we only ever had like public access television. I wasn't sure of it. I mean, it's a public access standard show. Um, oh. Well, I don't know. Because I, I, I couldn't remember if it was Australian the other day. So I was like, I wonder if they've got that. It's just a show about horse girls. It was a sure. lot. God. Okay, that was that was until the Twitter end. We did it. We did it. We got through it. Yeah, we did. We succeeded. 
I only got one correct, and it was the bonus question. Deader than Hillary Duff. She's not dead. <laughs> She's not that. dead. It's important to note she is not dead. Is she dead? Has She's not dead. On, has anybody checked up on I'm Hillary Duff? Pretty recently? sure she put out music recently. She, you're probably right. Hillary Duff. What you doing, girlfriend? She's 31. Oh my god. Wow. Um, I believe she has a family. That's cute. Probably. Yeah, I, d- I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> she's not dead. She's not she's dead. Very, she's very clearly and notably not dead. Yes. Hillary Duff, famous for being not dead. Can't we all? This, this bit sucks. Can we please move on? Let's. Hey, 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 hey. I only got one question for you, punk. Oh, God, get that lamp out of my face. Because you're like... This- you're like yeah. interrogating me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold, holding up the lamp right to your face so you can—you're blinded, and also you feel the heat of the very intense bulb that I have you, installed here. Are you bad cop? I am always bad cop. You're nasty because cop. all cops are bad. All cops are bad. <laughs> you're nasty cop. Um, what? What's your new favorite this week? I ain't Punk. telling you nothing. We can we can sit here all day, creep. You'll never you'll never get me to squeal. Oh, my name isn't Joey the Squealer. <laughs> <laughs> the noise that erupted from my friend Mars <laughs> was the most satisfactory thing to ever happen. Oh gosh, that was that was very good. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. My new favorite for this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My new favorite for this week is "Baby or a Haunted House" by Gerard Way. Now, Miles, what Halloween was two weeks ago? Yeah, and guess what happened in between that, bud? The song released. No, we did episodes that didn't pertain to this. Well, because like I had the two songs. I had the um, uh, I don't know how, but they found me song, and I had the Gerard Way song. And I had to make a decision when Penny was on. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to choose that one because I had them at both at the same time. And then I was like, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a minute <laughs> since Halloween, huh? Um, but I'm bringing yeah. it because I, because fuck you. <laughs> it's a good yeah, song. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> also, it's not Halloween specific because Gerard Way is a very um, 365 spooky boy. Mm, mm. Okay, so, um, I really don't know how to introduce this song. Hey, you know Gerard Way, he was in My Chemical Romance, they broke up in 2013, I cried. Uh, it was my last year of high school, because I finished when I was 16, because college and um, Australia, you know how it is. And all of my friends were emo, and we used to skip school and go to the library, uh, and listen to My Chemical Romance, and wear fingerless gloves, um, and watch anime. And why is emo music so intrinsically linked to anime? Um... That's a good question. It was just a period of time, bud. Yeah, I think it's it was. Hot topic. Th- hot topic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Two yeah. households both alike in dignity and fair Verona where we lay our scene. Yeah, em- like the three, <laughs> the three hands coming together to create Hot Topic are emo, mm-hmm. anime, mm-hmm. and Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> a traditional Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, I love that post. That's like, do you watch the Orange and the Nightmare Before Christmas on Halloween or Christmas? And they were like Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, sure. Do, <laughs> do you do you ever do you ever wish that I've never um, wished in my life that, that there was like a night uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas or like Halloween Town 
like movie where they explored the other holiday doors. That would be fun. That would be fun. I always wondered what's behind the St. Patrick's Day door. <laughs> it's a lot of drunk people. It's. I think it's just a lot of drunk people. Some people fucking, a lot of green. Um, yeah. A lot of Jameson. I think... I just want to explore what's behind the other doors because, like, Christmas is the only do- like the only one besides Halloween that could have like a themed area. Really, I guess I guess Easter. American Thanksgiving, but like, whatever. Colonial times is just a whatever Easter. bullshit. You big bitch. Okay, no, I'm sorry. What what sort of town? What what does Easter Town look like? Uh, it's covered in green. It's covered in eggs. It's covered in bunnies. Uh, it has so so the three things. The three things that Easter has. I was gonna keep going. Uh huh. There are flowers. Okay. And bees and <laughs> uh, other ducks. Hey, probably. Hey, 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 hey kid, me, you want to go to hey. Easter Town? <laughs> hey, me, it's, hey, me, it's it's the mummy here to tell you. Don't Why are you go the to mummy? Easter Town. Why are you, you Brendan Frazier? You will go. You don't go Brendan to Easter Frazier, Town. Brendan Fraser, I love your work. Let me say my joke. No. Don't go to Easter Town. You'll get stung by bees. It wasn't even a good joke, but that you, wasn't like, a good I just, joke. Why'd you say it? You fuck. Because I love you. because the idea was that I would say it before having to wait two minutes. <laughs> I mean, to get no, to the punchline. No, no, but that does make sense, though, because Oogie Boogie is full of terrible insects. So. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's that's the theory. Oogie Boogie originates <gasps> from Easter Town. Fuck. I, I've never seen one of those game theory videos, but I'm going to make a different channel. It's called Movie Theories. I'm going to be... They are, I'm so sorry. The game theory people already have a channel Damn called it. Movie Theories. Damn it! <laughs> that's busted. I'm so sorry. They take everything from me. They sold yeah, my crops t- and they burn my house down. Let's 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 get on to the music. I'm gonna send you Please. this song. Maybe your haunted house was released this year. Let's listen to it. I'm in a mood. <laughs> we're, we're both in a mood, I guess. The video for the song is absolutely squad goals for me. I would love to just chill with my bros in skeleton masks and business suits, just sort of rocking mm-hmm. rhythmically. It's great. Uh, I, I drew that um, final frame as well. I might retweet that to the August <laughs> Twitter. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> Which, by the way, I, I one last point on the video. I do love that they gave the drummer a skull mask with, like, good eye holes because yeah. all of the people there. The drummer is the one who needs to see the most. Yup. Absolutely. Um, although, if I'm honest, like, this song, I, for the first time in a while, you're bringing a song that I uh, am not, like, super in love with. Oh, okay. It's 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 fine. I just think it's it's kind of boring. Yeah, that's fair. You know, yeah. It, it's for this for like I don't know. Like what I think one of the main things that like makes um, rock music pretty uninteresting to me 
is that the way that it's, it, it's built with the guitar is is like you know you you find a a, a rhythm and you just kind of go for it for the for most of the song um and that's sort of monotony throughout the song and like just like the re- repeating the same bit for two for like three minutes like doesn't yeah. really appeal to me no i think that's fair um and and i think that's like one of the bigger criticisms of this song but i want to talk uh, about this and also more broadly uh gerard after uh my chemistry um but yeah i can see definitely why like you don't especially like that especially when you like production on things and you like interesting sounds and yeah and pieces to sort yeah of for sure on. um because I've always found uh, Mike and, and Gerard to be very good lyricists, and I don't often pay attention to their production. Um, and a lot of the time, it's just a lot of clatter and sound. Um, but yeah, Gerard as a individual is a bit different from Mike and. Is um so they broke up amicably in 2013 because he was like, listen, it was time. Um, I think because it was so special and it had such an amazing thing to keep going and drive into the ground is not how they wanted to go out. Um, which I think is a good thing. Like, yeah. I know that everyone was, everyone was very upset when they broke up. Um, but it was definitely for the best because they were so prolific in, uh, my childhood and adolescence. Um, and you don't want to, you don't want to go to the point where you hate the people that you're working with. Yeah. 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 Which is um, why uh, it's time for me to announce that uh, me and me and Miles, uh, the artificial ghost, is uh, is breaking up because um, uh, because I hate this fucker and I need to get out of here. <laughs> I thought you were gonna come up with like we have artistic differences or something. And I just hate this bitch. No, I was trying to, but I was just like, nah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Um, Gerard released a full album in 2014, and it's a very different music style to My Chem, which was um, more alt-punk, more emo, more that sort of very... um, I'm going to say they are the queen of emo bands. Queen as in Freddie Mercury, not the Sure, sure, sure. Um, The same epic sort of sounds, I suppose. Um, The same campiness to it as well. Uh, And so he kept the campiness and the alternativeness of MyCam, but he sort of introduced this Britpop production, um, which is sort of more, that's like the guitar and stuff that you were hearing, Um, less of the complicated sort of clash. Which, by the way, three guitars. I know. (laughs) Three guitars, though. (laughs) Overkill. Yeah. At most, at most you need to. Yeah. Um, so also since, uh, 2013, when they broke up, Gerard has been both making music and writing for Dark Horse Comics on the series Umbrella Academy, which is soon to have a Netflix adaption. It is a, a superhero comic series. Um, uh, yeah, so his last full album was in 2014. Uh, he released three singles in the next four years and then two in very quick succession this year, which was, um, Getting Down the Gems and this song, Baby Your Haunted House. Uh, which I people are speculating that's leading up to uh, a second album. So uh, the song features. Oh, I did. I didn't realize the song was released this year. Mm-hmm. It uh, it was I think like a week before Halloween. It doesn't particularly feel like a song from this year. Am I ragging on this song too much? You are. It's okay. <laughs> Gerard Way has that sound though. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so the song features Gerard's brother Mikey Way, who was also from uh, My Chem. Uh, Ian Fowles of the Aquabats on guitar, and Tom Ralso, who was also with Gerard in a couple different songs. Um, 
And so he basically said that this song was about uh, inner demons and ghosts and stuff uh, and what it feels like being in love, specifically dealing with those at the same time. So when you have mental illnesses um, and things that you're dealing with internally um, and how you deal with that with another person close to you in life, which I think is like, you know, not the most revolutionary uh, plot for a song. But I no, enjoy it but I, 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 it might not be the most revolutionary, but like these ideas are are still relevant, and I, I think like still worth talking about, even if it's a little, mm-hmm. um, not really trite in this case, just a little mm-hmm. played. Um, yeah. But like hell, there's no such thing as um, like an original thought. Yeah. No, it is original. No. Yeah. Well, that's um, not even what I was getting at, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but i i know what you're talking about when you say that you're not like super into the song because to me it is sort of more of a background dancey kind of song uh and i hope you sort of For sure. if he yeah. does indeed release a new album maybe this year or next year uh he changes up a little bit um mm-hmm. i don't know uh i do quite love him though um and i think he's fantastic because he was very early on in the game along with a lot of other um emo and punk uh and sort of goth musicians the 90s and early 2000s really talking about mental illness um as well as uh, him talking about his bisexuality and his being non-binary he uh, oh. told people in a 2014 ama on reddit um that he was really disconnected from masculinity uh mm-hmm. and didn't really enjoy identifying uh as a male um and has always really enjoyed people who are gender fluid in uh, both style and music and i think that's a really brave thing for him to say especially when he's so prolific i think he's in his 40s now like Mm -hmm. he's a he's a very cool person so he's he him non-binary which is a thing but i just wanted to clarify yeah he hasn't ever specified uh they them pronouns or other all right yeah, I think he's a cool guy. I, I, yeah, I, I... This song to me, I bought it because it was more a bit of nostalgia for me than I found a new band and it's, um... Sorry for shitting on your childhood, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, everything, I, every, everything you've loved as a child is terrible. Mm, now just, I, that's just now, every man on the internet yeah <laughs> I, was, I was just <laughs> about to make the exact same joke <laughs> every person i went to college with um uh yeah it, it's um it really did bring me it, it like shocked me back into mm-hmm. uh like 2013 2014 when i was at like a really big turning point in my life that was like me discovering i was trans and like me sort of coming into my own identity and finding people that like actually my friends not just like friends out of survival instinct uh from like high school yeah um, yeah and and like talking about anxiety and depression finding out i had anxiety and depression um and getting help for that uh and and yeah so this is really harking back to a time where this music um i mean i think for everyone that was into emo music it was that sort of solace in your life um and listening to this i was i just I started jamming to it and I was like, man, <laughs> these lyrics are really sad. And I was, that was always with like <laughs> my chemical remits is like sure, the yeah. lyrics were big downers and the production was a lot, um, which also with Brockhampton and stuff like that yeah, is a fun dichotomy to have. So yeah, I, I think I just bought it because like it made me really happy to listen to and maybe sort of think about all the progress I've made. I feel so bad because I feel like I put you on the defensive with this song. <laughs> I'm not being defensive. <laughs> no, no, like, I should clarify. Because I might not, like, love this song, but I don't think it's a bad song at all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I think it's it's actually a, a lot of fun. It's just not really my style. Um, also, yeah. I did not pick up on the sadness of the lyrics at all. That's fun. Because I'm a dumbass. No, you're not. No, I am. I have dumbass pride. I'm going to hang up anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of all I really have to say about this song. Um, I've actually found quite a few uh, new songs that I've been saving on the podcast. Yeah, um, me too. So figuring out the order in which I've to... got a, I've got a whole playlist of, of songs that I want to bring uh, as new favorites, and they get uh, progressively less new with time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the curse that we live yeah, I like rediscovered because I made like a just a music playlist on YouTube uh, where I save every song that I like listen to on YouTube, uh, and I forgot about it for like a year, and then the other day I remembered it, and so I've just been re-listening to things that I'm like, I've never heard this before, but it's in this playlist. <laughs> <laughs> where am I? Yeah. All right, uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. So Mars. Uh, hi Miles. What's your new favorite? So my new favorite. It is Lion's Den by Paul White and Danny Brown. Okay. So Danny Brown is, um, he's a rapper that I've had a lot of trouble getting into, really. And we'll, we'll sort of see this uh, a little bit more when, I, when we get into the song. But his voice can be a bit much. I've grown mm-hmm. to appreciate it, but it's certainly a little uh, oppressive when you're listening to him for the first time. Is it like abrasive? Or uh, it's loud. Um, I I discovered him in 2016 through a th- uh, through a feature on a song by um, by Run the Jewels back before uh, Killer Mike ah, announced yeah, yeah. his allegiance to allegiance to the NRA War Machine. Yeah, which was pretty yikes. Pretty not great. A- and even now, I haven't really had too much exposure to Danny Brown as an artist. But I've really kind of grown to appreciate his style. It, it's, I don't know, he does go wild sometimes. He, he Like I said, he doesn't have this very loud, almost shrill voice. And, you know, he does use that to great effect sometimes on these very fast, energetic songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what surprised me really getting into his music a little bit more is how often he, how much his songs often are just light and thoughtful. Oh, okay. Uh, he's he's got a lot to say, and he knows how to say it, but his voice throws a lot of people off. I think. So he's sort of um preparing me to be taken aback. Maybe a little bit. I I I I don't want to overstate it. I don't think it's you know his 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 voice is a bad thing at all. I just you know like it's part of what makes him distinct as an artist. Sure. Um. So with that, let's let's get right the fuck into it i say after eight minutes of talking probably I just had to really quickly Google this um, because I was like, what does this remind me of? Because he's talking about Detroit and shit. Um, mm-hmm. 
And there's this poem by Philip Levine called They Feed Their Lion, um, which is about uh, workers in Detroit rising up, specifically black workers uh, mm-hmm. in factories. Um, and because he's talking about the lion stand, and I was like, is this like an inspiration or something? Uh, so I just got a little bit distracted. But I really enjoyed it. Um, I love the production. I really enjoy his voice. Um, mm-hmm. That's my favorite sort of style. Like, that's why I read like Joba uh, from Brockhampton. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like um, uh, a, how do you describe it? I don't know, a passionate sort of voice. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Grabs your attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and uh, Paul White's production on this song is, is really, really amazing. It has this sort of wonderful, uneasy etherealness to it um, that Danny really plays well with. Uh, mm-hmm. The song, it's about, a lot of struggle including with drug abuse and and shit but you know it has this brightness to it in its in its production and in some of danny's lyrics yeah uh, it, it's it's like you know he he doesn't really have optimism optimism in himself but he has no. optimism for the younger generation and that gives him something to fight for which i think is pretty nice. yeah yeah i can i think can you relate to that i i feel like i relate to that I, I find myself, I mean, like, it's not good. I'm still pretty uh-huh. young. I'm only 20. Um, but I, I find myself sort of feeling like the only reason I do shit is for people that are coming, not already here. Um, I kind of get that. I also kind of don't. I, I, I feel like, like, our generation is really what's, like, driving a lot of, like, uh, of, like, the political change, especially in America. That's true. Um, and also, like, uh, you know, like, I feel like people of our generation are the ones, like, generally sort of making a lot of what happens public. I have a lot, I have a lot of faith in, and optimism in, um, in saying it this way is going to make me sound like I'm a thousand years old, but young people, <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot of faith in, 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 you know, people around our age and younger and, and even, you know, older, for sure. Like, uh, but like, I don't know, like, in terms of like, my particular, like, like faith in myself and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because like, I've kind of been recently, especially in the past like year, year and a half been like, really focusing on how i can make change in my life and how i can you know have more control over over myself and yeah agency and being more confident in myself and being like more capable and so i don't know i i guess i have some faith in myself but i also don't i don't know i i don't necessarily i don't know i you don't have to know you know what i don't know i will never know and that's the greatest part that's a that's a reference to a willow song willow smith yes willow smith thank god yeah i don't know i don't necessarily have a crazy amount to say about this song other than it's pretty it has this such like interesting mashup of genre mm-hmm. and style, like eighties production with sort of like his the loudness of like maybe nineties to early two thousands sort of rap, and then with this like choir chorusy thing in the background. It, like, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds disordered, but it makes a lot of sense together. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I think it's it's really interesting and something that I think about a lot is like the decision making process like that producers go through when when making the the underlying track for a song. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that the like process is different for everyone and, and even every song or album. Yeah. Because like part of like the interesting thing about being a producer is you know coming up with solutions to like musical conundrums basically like how to tie in the theming of the song and the uh, emotions and the lyrics and how to punctuate certain moments and it's i think it's a really cool job and if you're a producer out there you're cool probably even going back to Palante, um, like the production, that's really interesting because they use um, a slightly out of tune piano. Uh, yeah, and she yeah, sings yeah. really high in her register because usually she sings pretty down low. She's a very husky voiced woman. Um, and the sort of like, I don't know, like the, the way that it builds and the way that it falls and the, um, the way that it drops off right before the, uh, little speech from 1969. Um, mm-hmm the the puerto rican uh, obituary like yeah. th- that really hits you like and it like makes you pay attention to the song and that's why i think this song really works like the production of this really really works because you have to pay attention to it you can't yeah. not pay attention to this song mm-hmm. one uh, thing i was actually going to bring uh-huh. up when penny was on which is sort of my last thought on that um is i listened to this podcast uh called song exploder which i actually brought up in our first test episode because uh, i bought enter and drag by the magnetic fields and I learned sure. about it from that podcast. Um, and it was really interesting because I can't remember what song this was. Um, it was a completely different episode. But the people on there were talking about uh, how they came up with this sort of sound for it and like recorded it on their like fucking voice recorder app or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they were trying to replicate it in studio with different instruments and shit. And they couldn't fucking do it. Like all of the band members separately went and did like 10 different versions of it and tried to put it together. And they just couldn't. So they used the original audio. So they were like, fuck it. It's perfect. <laughs> and the producer was like, that's it. Like, it's, that's just the song. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting uh, and how, because um, Penny was talking about uh, how her bandmate Ryan got a different synthesizer that has different sort of sounds put into it. Yeah. Um, and it really reminded me also of uh, John Daniel of the Mountain Goats, how he recorded the whole album for um, All Hail West Texas on this sort of like binky like recorder box. And you can hear the uh, hum and the rattle of mm-hmm. sort of whirring in the background of all his songs. Uh, and it makes it all sort of like a little bit distorted. Um, I, yeah, that's why I, I really I really enjoy that kind of production. It's very honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think there's so much value to letting your songs sound a little bit dirty you know and not dirty and like oh but like dirty and like grimy grungy yeah like and and this song while it doesn't really have that specific effect like the the discordant nature of it like the the mishmash throwing stuff together like nature of the song like you know it definitely sounds weird and maybe a little un like a little uneasy or a little unstable yeah but it like i don't know it fits the song so well and i think danny brown does a really good job playing with it and um like yeah it's it's 
it's good. It's a good song, and I don't. I didn't have much to say about this one, but I just like it. In short, it's good. In short, it's good. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's all I've got on this one. Fresh out of music. Yeah, yeah, we've run out of music, um, and now we must descend back into um, the music pit music and um, and collect the the dirty tunes and polish them up this bit is going do, nowhere do we live in the music pit? um maybe okay all right all right all right who, who am i to say who am i to say no you're the one that writes the narrative I, <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> <laughs> let's end the fucking podcast let's end it uh thank you so much <laughs> for listening it to artificial coast radio uh if you have a suggestion for next week's show or have a song that you want to recommend you can find us on twitter at art pod or at our gmail at art pod at gmail.com we do listener suggestions special every couple of months to show off sh- uh, to show off songs that have been sent in so don't have hesitate to share uh you can also give us a rating on apple podcasts if you'd like uh, hey, thank you once again for listening, and we will see I'm contractually you obligated on the other side. Can you, can you, li- like... <laughs>